in a game the Dodgers really needed to win. It looked a couple times like they weren't going to do it, but they pulled it out. A very important win for the Dodgers over the Pirates. Uh, came back from a 4 nothing deficit, got through a couple really tough innings on the mound, and ultimately picked up a, a game in the National League West. We have so much to talk about about this game, about what the pitching staff is going to look like over the next few days, and the fact that they did gain a game finally on the Diamondbacks. That's what's on tap, so let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperia, who is now 11-0 this year in Dodger games that he has attended. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room, so we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And uh, this game was not a sleeper, Vince. This game was uh, uh, way too intense for, for a middle-of-July game. Uh, Dodgers went down 4 four nothing. Uh, really, Bobby Miller only made a couple bad pitches, uh, but unfortunately, both of them got hit over the wall, and one of them came with two runners on base. And so uh, they were in a hole, and they battled back. They took a lead, and then two different times, it looked like they were going to blow that lead uh, with basically nobody out. They got out of both jams. I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, I, I guess I'll start with Bobby Miller. You know, he we we talked yesterday about the difference between five and two thirds innings and six runs allowed, like they got from the combination of Emmett Sheehan and Gavin Stone on Tuesday, and you know, five and two thirds and four runs allowed, uh, or six innings and five runs allowed. You know, and Bobby Miller gave them five and two thirds innings, four runs allowed. And they got the win. And Miller himself said after the game, I feel like if I can hold the other team to four runs, we have a good chance to win. He said, obviously, I'd like to do better, but it's it's comforting to know that this offense can win a game when you allow four runs. And uh, and that's what we saw tonight. And it was uh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. And, you know, the it's the four runs, <clears throat> but it's also that, you know, going deep enough into the game. So where the Dodgers can manage it with, you know, just a couple, you know, handful of relievers rather than five innings or six innings that the bullpen needs to pick up, especially considering some of the things we learned after the game about the bullpen. But yeah, I mean, other than, you know, pretty tired of uh, Jack Sawinski already, and he's only been in the league a couple of years. So I look forward to if the Pirates aren't good, he'll be a Dodgers trade candidate here in a few years. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, Gave up the big hits. Uh, fortunately, one of them, there was runners on base, but he gave the Dodgers enough. He went into the sixth inning, uh, got two outs into that inning. So, you know, Bickford was able to come up fin and finish it out. Um, 
And then he ended up coming out for the next inning, which didn't quite work out well for him. But uh, the Dodgers did the tightrope act, as as you have here in the in the YouTube description. And uh, yeah, it was it was good from Miller. At this point, you know, five six innings, three four runs the rest of the way. Uh, you know, we were spoiled his first couple of starts, and maybe he'll still have some starts like that, and maybe more might have some clunkers. But if the majority of his starts the rest of the way can be this, that's good enough for me right now. Yeah, if he can get a little bit more efficient, because part of the reason he had to come out in the sixth inning was he was already over 100 pitches. He allowed a base runner that it was a two run lead, you know, so the game was tight. And yeah, you know, it made sense. Uh, he he wasn't quite as sharp. And, and so it made sense for Dave Roberts to get him out of there. You would have loved for him to be able to finish that inning uh, because, you know, obviously the up and down for Bickford affected Bickford. Um, but, you know. It is something to build on, and we will absolutely take five and two-thirds over three and a third like we've been getting from starters lately. Uh, it is kind of funny. Jack Swinski was part of that trade from the Padres to the Pirates for Adam Frazier. And, uh, yeah, like you know, when we when we think about the trade deadline and the moves we want the Dodgers to make, you know, it's so – Jack Swinski is a really good example of how if I was his general manager, I would be paralyzed by fear to make any trade because, you know – you got the Jack Sawinski trade, yeah. But Luke I mean, Rayleigh, you look, you look Luke at, Rayleigh has like yeah. 800 home runs this year for the Rays. You know, you look at Preller's track record, and he's very lucky he saw the job. Like he's traded away Sawinski. I think he traded away Emmanuel Clays. Obviously, trade Turner like the first time around. Like he's given away a lot of talent to have a team that has only made it to one NLCS. Yeah, yeah. The Padres have traded. You know, the two major league teams worth of prospects over the last several years. And uh yeah, I would Jack Sawinski definitely falls in the category of a dude I hate when he's when we're playing against him, but I'd love to have him on the Dodgers. Uh even though he, he did strike out to end the game. And we're gonna talk more about you know, let's talk about that one right now. Like uh the Daniel Hudson got got into a jam. It was the second time in three innings that the Dodgers allowed bases loaded with nobody out. And for the second time in three innings, they got out of it. Uh, we'll, I guess we'll go in reverse order because I do want to talk talk about the Hudson one since we're talking about Swinsky right now anyway. Uh, Hudson gave up a double and then walked two guys to load the bases with nobody out in the ninth inning, two-run lead. He then gets uh, a strikeout and then a flyout to left that's not deep enough to score a run. Maybe, yeah, I, I think if, it, if the Pirates were down by one, I think they send Connor Joe and he probably scores. Uh, Peralta... It's funny, David Peralta used to have a great arm. He doesn't have a great arm anymore. It's still relatively accurate, uh, but it's not strong anymore. Um, and so, but because Connor Joe's run didn't really matter anyway, uh, the, they, they didn't send him. It was the right move. He probably would have made it, but, you know. And then Jasuinski comes up and, and he battles and gets to a full count. And I loved in the post-game interview when, when Kirsten talked to Daniel Hudson on the field after the game. And he said, uh, basically his approach in that at bat was to not leave anything over the plate. He, he knew even if he walks Sawinski, it's still six to five and you got a chance to get the next guy. And, and I felt like that pitch that he threw Sawinski is expecting a strike. He's like, this guy doesn't want to walk me and drive in a run. So he's in swing mode. He's expecting a strike and, uh, you know, probably expecting a fastball. And, and so he, uh, but Hudson having the experience and the maturity, I, I said this on Twitter, like 
sometimes I think that that veteran presence or veteran whatever is a little overrated. But I think in this case, it really, really came through because Hudson knew I'm going to make my pitch. And if I walk him, I walk him and I'll get the next guy. Uh, and, and I don't think a, uh, a younger pitcher would have had the stones to make that pitch. I think a younger pitcher either throws the slider, but isn't fully committed to it and hangs it or goes back to the fastball, which is obviously what Swinsky was sitting on. And Hudson threw that slider, buried it like he wanted to. And Swinsky started to swing at a fastball. And by the time he realized it wasn't a fastball, it was too late. They got the strikeout. So it's that high risk, high reward pitch that I think a guy like Daniel Hudson is much more likely to make that pitch than a younger, less experienced pitcher. Yeah. I feel like Bobby Miller would, but that's youthful arrogance rather than <laughs> just youth. It's probably a bell curve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it, it it was set up because, and, and Hudson knows too, like if he walks him right there, yes, it's one run lead. It's a lot of danger, but you know, Swinsky has been the guy that has hurt the Dodgers and hurt them earlier in the game and, you know, has, has been a thorn in their side for, you know, not just his career, but like in the, in the series so far this season. And, you know, the next guy Gonzalez had a couple hits, but, and, and has good stats, but I think is still one of those guys you'd rather face than Swinsky and, you know, three, two, you're not going to give him what he wants. You're going to give him what you want. And that's what he did. And it was obviously huge. And, you know, Hudson talked about after the game, the, the things you don't realize, like, you know, he said he was tearing up coming out of the, of the bullpen gates, his first save appearance since, you know, coming back from the ACL surgery and ACL recovery. And, uh, you know, something I didn't really think about and, you know, maybe it did affect him early on and then he settled in and, you know, when they needed the outs, he got the outs. Yep. A lot more to talk about from this game. So uh, thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is a daily fantasy sports app where you can use your skill and knowledge to win real money. Want to win 100 times your money on daily fantasy baseball? Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times payout for uh, for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. That's the highest payouts on the daily fantasy sports market. As an everydayer who spends your time between Dodger games listening to this podcast, you know your stuff about the Dodgers. You can use that knowledge to make your picks and win some money. You got a prediction on how Julio will do tonight in his second game back for the injured list? You might as well make some money when your prediction comes true. And right now is a great time to join because Locked On Dodgers listeners get up to $100 in matching on your first deposit. So download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, we are back. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. We especially want to thank our everydayers, those of you who are with us either on the podcast or on YouTube every weekday morning. We love you. We appreciate you. And if you want to join that club, you want to be loved and appreciated by us, just watch or listen every day or watch and listen every day. We'll double love you and appreciate you every day. Uh, You can also check out every Dodger game, the live hometown radio broadcast on Sirius XM or the SXM app. Just launch the SXM app and search for Dodgers. And you can check out this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Uh, with that said, I, I guess let's uh, let's talk about the offense a little bit, Vince. The Dodgers scored six runs in this game. It was uh, it, it was a battle, and you know they they 
went down four to nothing. Uh, you're, you're now 11 and 0 in Dodger games that you've been at this year. Uh, we, we figured out, we think it's the second time that they've gone down four to nothing in those 11 games. Uh, the other one was Gavin Stone's major league debut that ended on a Max Muncy walk-off grand slam off Craig Kimbrell. Um, and being down four to nothing is not a comfortable spot to be in, but with this offense, like if you can have the perspective of, you know, cause it was, what was it? The fourth inning that Swinski at the three yeah, run homer. And so you're like, okay, there's the Dodgers have four five, six, seven, eight, nine up to six at bats left. I think you'd expect the Dodgers to score at least four runs in six innings against the pirates. And so uh, it's kind of like, okay, well, as long as we can shut it down here and not allow too many more runs, Dodgers are still in this game. And in that game against the Phillies in Gavin Stone's debut, it was that same thing. It was chip away, chip away, chip away. And in that game, it wasn't until the bottom of the eighth that they came through. They got a little bit lucky on a, an error on an Austin Barnes line drive, let them take the lead. Uh, this time they didn't need any luck because JD Martinez went down and got a pitch that, I don't think he had any business hitting out. Like it, it, it wasn't a bad pitch. It was a slider below the zone. JD Martinez has looked pretty AJ Pollocky on sliders lately. Um, a lot of swing and miss. And most of those are below the zone and outside. And this one was just below the zone. So he was able to go down and get it. But uh, it was a remarkably good swing by JD Martinez to hit that pitch out because I, I, I think the pitcher basically made his pitch. Yeah. I mean, if obviously he would have liked it a little lower or maybe a little more outside, but it still, you know, like you said, it wasn't a bad pitch by any means. And I don't like the fact that he pulled like, I don't know off the, well, actually being there live off the bat, I didn't think it had enough initially just from where the angle I was at. I was, a, I was on field level, a little bit different angle today. Uh, but then when I watched the replay, I'm like, Oh, off the bat, you could tell that was gone on TV at, at least. So, but yeah, I mean, it was big, and you know, you look at the Dodgers' offense and and how it came through today. And it was, you know, six runs on six hits, but they also had six walks, only struck out seven times. You know, putting the ball in play is a cliche, but you know, for the most part, it, it's worked. And uh, it, you know, they they got some hits, they got the big hits, obviously with the home runs, but they constantly had trouble. And and like you said, when they had six innings or six at bats left, and you're thinking, okay, well, the Pirates don't have. It's not like a you know, all-star pitcher on the mound. And then Bednar maybe was probably out because he had to do an up and down last night. So maybe, you know, you think, all right, they don't, they're down their best reliever as well, possibly. It's like, okay, there's a chance. Just like you said, chip away. They got those two runs back. That was huge. Okay, now you're back in the game. And they get the three runs the next inning and, okay, now, or four runs. And then, okay, now you're back on top. And, uh, yeah, obviously it was a roller coaster right after that in terms of on the pitching side of things. But, this is what you want. And, and as we said, if the Dodgers can score six runs, they should win games. You know, last night they didn't. And maybe it was one of those where, you know, last night they probably deserved to win the game and they didn't win the game or two nights ago now. And then last night they probably maybe didn't deserve to win the game, but they got lucky, but it ended up, you know, it, it kind of worked itself out. Yeah. Six hits, six walks and three hit batters. So oh, yeah. 15 base runners, you know, the hit batters count too. And, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty wild, and and you mentioned they they maybe didn't deserve to win this game, and mostly that's because you don't expect to get out of even one bases loaded now out jam unscathed, let alone two. Like when when Hudson went to three balls when it was first and second and nobody out in the ninth inning, I yelled at my TV, "We're not going to get out of a second bases loaded now out jam. You need to throw strikes." And he didn't. He walked him, 
And it's like, oh, like, because in the seventh inning, um, you know, Bickford had come in, got the last out of the the bottom of the or top of the sixth. He starts the seventh inning and just couldn't throw strikes. He he just lost command of the zone, loaded the bases. His last pitch uh, almost murdered Andrew McCutcheon. It was up around his head. McCutcheon went down awkwardly on his right elbow. Looked like he jammed his shoulder. I was worried in the moment. I thought we might have just seen the end of McCutcheon's career because the way he stayed down and held his arm, it looked like he had dislocated his shoulder. And it's like, you know, if a guy at McCutcheon's age needs shoulder surgery, that, you know, could be a career ender. And and uh, so I was glad when he got up, stayed in the game, even had another bat later in the game. Uh, so I was happy for that. But, uh, you know, that that pitch loaded the bases, nobody out, and Ryan Brazier comes in. And uh, and even, you know, Brazier, credit to him, he, he threw strikes. That, that was the big thing you needed. But the first batter, Brian Reynolds, hits a screaming line drive that that uh Miguel Rojas made a leaping catch on you know a foot higher that's a, a two-run double probably and you know but it was it was right in the right spot so the Dodgers definitely got lucky there and then Brazier did he get a, I think he had a strikeout next and then the line drive to Mookie Betts at second base to get out of the inning once you get that first out you start thinking okay well maybe there's a chance because then a double play is always a possibility or then you can kind of pitch for the strikeout uh uh, so getting that first out was huge. Well, with, and, well the two liners and the strikeout. Right? Yeah, yeah, but what it, it went liner strikeout liner, right? Well, I think that was liner liner strikeout. Uh, oh no, it was li- liner liner pop up. That's right. Oh yeah, the pop up to Max oh, Muncy. That, oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and he caught it. Yeah, that's right. There wasn't a strikeout, and there was two line drives, and then the pop up in the infield. You knew, okay, you got out of the inning, and then you're like, okay, but who's going to catch it? Come on. You know, Will Smith is thinking about catching. He's about to toss his mask, and he hears Muncie call him off, and Muncie made the catch. You know, that's all that matters, but uh, it was a little bit more nerve-wracking than it should have been, but it was like the least nerve-wracking part of that inning because basically nobody out. You don't expect to get out of that, and that was the first time they did, and like like we talked about before, they got out again in the ninth inning. You know, the, the, the Pirates, you could say, you know, Bobby Miller didn't pitch poorly enough to allow four runs probably. Um, but the bullpen didn't pitch well enough to allow zero runs. And so maybe that all evens out, but, uh, it was hopefully the Dodgers learned that, uh, this was the exception to the rule and that loading the bases with no outs isn't actually a winning strategy. Um, it, it was kind of funny because Twitter seems to think the Dodgers are terrible with bases loaded, nobody out. And so, uh, when they're on offense and so it was like, uh, the Pirates were basically what Twitter thinks the Dodgers are with base load, nobody out tonight. And, uh, you know, it worked out for the Dodgers this time. And these are the kind of games to have a successful season. You have to win some games like this where, all right, we probably shouldn't have won that game, but we got a little bit lucky and we won the game. And uh, you hope for hope to not need that luck very often. And you hope to get your disproportionate share of that luck in the games that you do need it. Because that inning they scored two, they had base loaded, nobody out the Dodgers, right? And then they got the sack fly, and yep. then Rojas got the two out hit. So yeah, sack fly, and then Outman struck out when they, you know, runner out third, one out would have loved another sack fly, but Rojas made it a moot point because he did get that two out hit, and so yeah, it was uh, it was kind of yeah a dichotomy. You, it's rare to see three game or three times in one game base loaded, nobody out, and. The Dodgers got two runs in there one time, and the Pirates got zero runs in there two times, and that was the difference in the ball game, basically. Yeah. Um. So, speaking of the bullpen, 
the Dodgers bullpen is going to be shorthanded for the next couple of days for a few reasons uh, that we're going to talk about when we come back. So thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, and please continue to keep it Locked On Dodgers. Hey, we are back. Thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. We want to remind you again, you can catch the live radio hometown broadcast of every Dodger game on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just search uh, for Dodgers on the SXM app. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. If you're watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear from you in the YouTube comment section. We got a lot of comments on yesterday's episode in the YouTube section. Uh, a lot of comments about Dustin May uh, and about the game. Seems like comments are little bit heavier when in games that the Dodgers lose. Uh, hopefully, you know, for all the fire Dave Roberts comments that we got on, you know, that we get every time the Dodgers lose, Dave Roberts pushed some, some pretty good buttons here, especially for his limited options. And, uh, you know, we found out after the game, Bruce Dargatero was unavailable, which we wondered about, like, why is Brian Hudson the other one warming up with Daniel Hudson? Uh, you know, found out Gratterall has been unavailable the last couple of days, which also explains a little bit more why Evan Phillips uh, was the option for the third straight day on Tuesday night. Uh, but in this particular game, you know what? Uh, going to Phil Bigford when he did, going to Ryan Brazier when he did, uh, whoever pitched the – who pitched the eighth inning? Ferguson. Caleb Ferguson, yeah. Ferguson for a third straight day, which had potential to backfire. And Ferguson, he he battled, and, and he looked great. It was the right call. And then Daniel Hudson got things done, you know, we, we joke that Dave Roberts is a much better manager when his players play well. And you know what? That's what happened here. And there was plenty of potential for backfire, but it didn't backfire. And so we can actually see, oh, yeah, those were good moves. Sometimes the good moves don't work, and sometimes they do. And I'm glad when they do. Um, the the uh, With Gratterall being unavailable, Roberts said after the game that we're going to have to see uh, on today, Thursday, uh, if Gratterall is okay, he said something with his arm. Sounds like Gratterall's probably going on the on the injured list unless they see a remarkable recovery from him. And uh, and Yancy Almonte is going up on the paternity list any day now. His wife is due anytime now, and probably going to happen before the All Star break. Would be awesome if it happened during the All Star break, but it doesn't look like it's going to. And so. Dodgers are already shorthanded. Obviously, Caleb Ferguson is going to be unavailable today after pitching three state, straight days and through, what, 25, 26 pitches in tonight's game. And so Ferguson is going to be unavailable. Gratterall is going to be probably on the IL. Almonte could be unavailable. Uh, Phillips will be available, presumably, but he's also probably still in that you'd love to give him two days off in a row after throwing three straight days. So he, he'll probably be the going to try to stay away from um, so it seems like this would be the ideal situation for the Dodgers offense to really explode. And maybe Brian Hudson can throw, you know, three innings or something after Julio goes, you know, it's going to come down to Julio. If Julio could go five innings, uh, offense scores a bunch of runs, let Brian Hudson go two or three innings. And then whoever they call up, uh, to replace Gratterall when they place him on the IL, um, and, or whoever they call up to replace Almonte, when he goes on paternity, the offense could really, really do the Dodgers some favors here. Yeah, I mean, that's an ideal situation. Well, you know, it's going to hinder on Julio and how he does because um, offense could score a lot. But if Julio 
doesn't pitch very well, then they're still going to be in the same spot needing arms. Um, you know, one thing on this crunch, and, you know, I don't know how they would treat him anyways, but Gavin Stone was still with the Dodgers, even though he got optioned. He was out there for PFP drills before the game started, so he didn't go down. So, you know, if Gradwell does go on, you know, Stone could be a guy that's still there. But, again, he threw two innings the other day. I don't know. 50 what, pitches. Yeah, so – realistically he's not built for that so his need would be more for this weekend uh you know after he's had a few days off but they, they have a bunch of guys down there right now guys that you know maybe we don't want up like gonzalez and vesia and brule but you know i'm sure one of those guys is if not already in la on the way to la for a potential move if they need him because anytime you know roberts at this point this season if they say we're waiting an extra day it's basically at this point, I don't know what they're waiting for. Like it happened with Muncie and his hamstring and you know, he ended up going on the IO. It, it's happened with a couple other guys. And at this point, even with a thin bullpen, I'd rather get guys right for the second half of the season rather than try to hold them out. So if Gratterall is not feeling well and, you know, we've, we've, we'd heard about Roberts, you know, he said that a lot of guys, there was some smoke, or whatever, a few weeks ago or a month ago when the Dodgers were really going in it with with using the bullpen a lot. And, you know, maybe this is some of that. You know, Shelby Miller went on the I.L. and he's going to be out longer than they thought because his neck's still bothering him and, uh, you know, Gradraw arm thing. So maybe this is some of that smoke that's starting to come to fruition for the bullpen. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of it is, like, they don't really have that many great options. You know, Victor Gonzalez is in the minors because he's been terrible. Uh, Alex Vesia is... I assume Vessi is going to be one of the two guys called up because he, you know, if nothing else, he's maybe the most rested. He threw 16 pitches on Monday. Eric Steven had a good tweet breaking down guys on the 40 man roster and how much they've pitched recently. He threw 16 pitches on Monday. That's the last time he pitched. So he'll be rested and ready to go. Uh, uh, Robertson. What's his first name? Nick. That's right. Nick. I was thinking of Phil Robertson, but I think he's from duck dynasty. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, uh, he threw 22 pitches on Tuesday, and uh, that's pretty much th- – those are your guys. Uh, Gonzalez hasn't pitched since he was terrible for the Dodgers on Sunday, but, you know, uh, he's he's a warm body but not much else at this point, I think. So, uh, yeah, Alex Vesia, and then maybe we do see a move with a guy who's not on the 40-man roster. Um, maybe it's time to call up one of those minor league studs or, you know, or a guy like, you know, uh, some AAA starter who can at least – give you backup depth as a long reliever. Uh, so there's options there, but uh, really, really the Dodgers need the offense to show up. Johan Oviedo is pitching for the Pirates. He has been, he's got good stuff, but he doesn't actually strike out a lot of guys. Uh, he's only got a 7.8 strikeouts per nine this year, 7.7 in his career. And so he's a guy that the Dodgers should be able to, uh, to, put some damage on, you know, get some base runners on because it, they, they've got good hitters. If it's not a strikeout guy, they're going to put the bat on the ball and they're going to get their hits. So be nice to really, really break out. And I, I mean like a, a 13 run, you know, outburst so that it can be, maybe you even let uh Yanni Hernandez pitch the last inning, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that would be the nicest present that they could give Dave Roberts for July 6th, whatever he's celebrating on July 6th. Yeah, and it's it's funny like Royals and Pirates. You know, Royals were really bad. Pirates are were good start the year, but have just kind of tailed off. 
but it's just like, damn, you think about Julio facing those pi- this Pirates lineup, like, you know, quote unquote, and you're like, man, just the way he's the way Julio's looked and the way the Pirates lineup has been annoying the last couple of days, you're like, oh, that doesn't match up well. But hopefully, you know, he, he's got his feet under him. He's back at home at Dodger Stadium. You know, maybe meeting Peso Pluma will, uh, you know, fuel him into pitching well because the Dodgers could really use the innings, especially considering that, uh, you know, Gonsolin is right after him and Gonsolin hasn't been that great either. And then uh, you got Saturday, Grove, and who knows, uh, like, the end is near in terms of getting to the break, but they still need, you know, one good start to kind of really set them good. Yeah. And the bright side is Jack Swinski and Brian Reynolds are both much worse against left-handed pitching. So, you know, if, if Julio's got his command, he should be okay. Peso Pluma, Penny Feather. Is that basically yeah. kind of, okay. I, uh, I had never heard of the guy. I, I was a little bit surprised that he uh, didn't really look anything like uh, Shelby Miller when I saw him. I, I don't it's see the just resemblance. Just the mullet. That, oh. I think that's literally all it is because they don't. Wow. Yeah, they don't. There's both light skin and mullet. Maybe I guess that's it. Yeah. I don't oh. know. Wow. Uh, all right then. Maybe I'll grow my hair out. Have I told you what I'm going to be for Halloween, Vince? No. I'm going to be Guy Fieri. I think I'm going to do an episode full on Guy Fieri. I'm going to bleach the the strip of my beard. Yeah, I'm going to be full on Guy Fieri. So uh, I'm thinking I'm doing an episode in my costume. From First Flavor time in my Town. life I've been excited for Halloween. So an episode from Flavor Town. Yeah. Um, All right, that's going to do it for us for today, right, Vince? That'll do it. All right, thank you all for being everydayers. If you are, if you're not, easy to join the club. Just watch or listen every day. Uh, Remember, you can check out the Dodgers hometown radio broadcast every single time they play on SiriusXM or the SXM app just by searching for Dodgers. You can uh, find us wherever you get podcasts and or on YouTube. You can also uh, find us on social media. We're on at Locked on Dodgers on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm at Snydog, Vince is at Vince since 91. DMs are open in all of those places. Maybe we'll be on threads by next episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, our email address is lockedondodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voice, voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.